Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We welcome back to the show Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector. Spec, how you doing? How you doing, Bobby? Good. Tough uh, week so far in the uh, media business. There were some good writers let go um, by uh, by the Athletic earlier this week. Uh, several of whom covered hockey, including uh, a guy I'm a big fan of, Mark Antoine Godin, out of Montreal. Uh, I know mm-hmm. a couple of your friends also got uh, let go from. Uh, the Athletic, then obviously the news today uh, involving Bell laying off 1,300 employees across the country and shuttering a couple of uh, sports stations, including one where you and me did a show together for five years. <laughs> it's not been yeah. easy go, has it? No, it's it's brutal, man. You know, we all, yeah, we compete and, and, you know, you guys, I mean, Jed's on one side of the street and Team 1260 was on the other, TSN 1260, and I work for Sportsnet. But we all, we know those guys. We like those guys. They're all yeah. good friends. We've all moved around the business here and there. And, you know, it's not a good day for the business. This is a hell of a sports town, Bobby. And and with due respect to Chad, that has a lot of sports content and does a real good job with it, TSN 1260 was the only 100% sports station in an excellent sports city. And if that can't thrive and survive, it does make yeah. me sad a little bit because it should thrive. And should it not, Bob? Yeah, uh, they, I mean, they had some transmitter issues and those sort of things. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that happens in, in radio is you gotta, you, you got to sell. And, uh, you know, the Oilers the and the Elks properties are on here. Um, the scenario that you and me sort of evolved from uh, is one that, you know, Jason Greger was successful as well, as well with. And I, I think of Brendan Ulrich, who, as you know, produced the show for a number of years. And Brendan is one of the top sales guys now for Chorus, and, and he knows how to sell a show called Oilers Now, which is why we went two to three hours in the playoffs, because the appetite was there, and that, that comes with the territory. So, um you know, there's a combination of factors that occurred in, in some of the market, and uh, and it's it's a difficult day. And you know, we should remind people that uh, Chorus and and the Oilers uh, Entertainment Group announced a three-year extension here during the playoffs um, uh, for both Oilers now and for uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, play-by-play rights. And uh, that you know, I think when you have those rights, it makes it a little bit easier to sell. Obviously, we're going to endeavor to to try to to make our show better. But what I will tell you, this spec, it, it's not a it's not a good day, and it's not like we won and they lost. That's you know, radio lost today, and people need to understand that. And you know, I, I it's funny. Uh, Dave Jameson and Alan Mitchell were on opposite. I, I as you know, I've had a very good friendship with Dave for the last 20 plus years. He was outstanding with the Edmonton Eskimos for a number of years. People would see Dave and myself meet at uh, Original Joe's in the city south side. They'd be like, aren't you guys like on opposite? I don't, no, 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 no. We're not really. It's it's like, it's radio, man. We, we need, you know what I'm saying. It's competition. Like the uh, when the flames are good, that's the good orders the, have to be better. That's right? good. The orders have sure. to be better. Sure. You know, and when Vancouver's good, the Alberta teams have to be better. And and when Jed's good, it pushed TSN 1260 and vice versa. So, yeah, there's nothing positive to say about it. Uh, that's all I can say. There's just it's not a positive right. day in the media business. No, not a positive day.
back. We, we discussed yesterday what we were going to be talk, talking about because I think we both had a feeling Matthew Kachuk uh, wasn't going to play and they weren't going to have a chance to win if they didn't have Kachuk last night. Ultimately, Vegas climbed the mountain, won the Stanley Cup. They were both ruthless and relentless in their pursuit of it. Um, and a strong argument can be made. The toughest series Vegas had was against the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. And I think Edmonton lost the series in the margins, but people know what I think. What do you think now that you've had some time to think about it? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Bob, when you lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champions a year ago in Colorado Avalanche, you said, well, you know what? we got a pretty good team. They were better. Uh, we're right in the right track. And, and it, it, it did sort of leave a little bit more better taste in your mouth when you watch Colorado go to and win that cup. When it happens two years in the row, though it's not progress anymore. Now you look at it and say, okay, how come, how come, you know, I think we know why Colorado was better than that version of the Edmonton Oilers, but I want to know why Vegas was better than this version of the Edmonton Oilers. And that's, I'm actually writing a piece right now that will be posted this afternoon on that topic. And I know the Oilers are digging in. I talked to Ken Holland. And he went through a long list of conversations of people they've talked to. They, they, this topic, why did we lose to Vegas? How do we overcome that? It came up, he talked to Woodcroft about it. They talked to the players in the exit interviews about it. On his way to the Combine, he sat down in Toronto uh, with Connor McDavid, and that topic was discussed. Uh, they're talking about it at their scouting meetings right now in Vernon. That's a topic that's coming up with all the hockey heads there saying, why do you think we lost? What do you think we lacked? So they're doing a deep dive here in Oilers City, and they're trying to figure out what the answer is, Bob. Spec, part of the answer is, and the solution is going to have to be that they're going to have to be better. It's not just come back status quo. They're going to have to grind away constantly and I'm going to give you a scenario, Mark. Okay, what would have happened if there was any injuries at all on defense? The yeah, the Oilers had two players on NHL one ways, Slater Cuckoo, and Ryan Murray, that were not options to them as veteran NHL defensemen. So we're talking Marcus Niemelainen. If there would have been injuries, you know, the Oilers played a lot of eleven and seven. So let's say they get down to twelve and six. If they had lost and a Nurse got suspended for a game, and that didn't help the situation. Um, uh, you know, but there's an illustration right there. You got to grind. So you, you find out that Slater Cuckoo's going through something, do you, and may not be an option to you. Do you bring in a guy that's always hurt, like Ryan Murray? And it's decisions like that. Like they actually avoided avoided a potential scenario where that could come back to bite them. And that's what I mean about working relentlessly to not just we're not just talking. You know, the top nine forwards or the top four D or, you know, I think we know the goaltenders are coming back and they got to work to improve the goalies and get more out of the goalies as well. But we're talking the guys down on the farm. We're talking who are the first call-ups from the farm. They got a better player spec. They do. And I think I, I, I agree. Everything you just said, there's the, there's truth in all of it. I think that, they need to involve more players. We've had this conversation. I said to Ken Holland that he, he said, look, when you get to the cup, you need every guy playing his best, right? I need 23 dinners who all give me their best. That's how you win a cup. That's what happened with Vegas. Vegas didn't get barely any injuries. All their guys played their best. They win a cup. And I said to him, I said, how can you have all your guys playing the best 
when you're going 11 and 7 and that means you got two wingers that play about 4 minutes and a defenseman that plays about 3 minutes those guys can't play their best and in my opinion you're right bob they got to get deeper they have to have better replacements but the guys that are dressing every night that are healthy Right, you can't tell me he's got to play his best, but he's only going to get five minutes a night. Totally you can't right. be your best at five minutes a night. Well, so- and that's you know we talked, Mark, in the first uh, segment today about the fact that I know Jay Woodcroft. I know he's looking at how he can improve and how the staff can improve. There is no question they have to cut the regular season minutes back for McDavid and Drysaddle. Mm-hmm. Games five and six, there were moments five v five where Drysaddle looked fatigued. I mean, I had guys texting me last night. Oh, if Leon was better against Eichland, game six, the Oilers win the cup. I'm like, that's the path you're going to go here. Does it occur to you? Like, <laughs> it's not that. That's not the answer, right? Like, right? like the, I'm told they have to. Many hands makes light work, Mark. Yep. Well, well, this it's, is boring it's, it's because coach, we both agree. It's, it's the co- It's and this isn't me ripping on Woody. Every coach has done this in Edmonton. I'm going back to Todd McCollin, and Todd McCollin didn't have near the team that Woodcroft has to work with. But every coach, whenever it gets tense during the season, whenever there's a game you're trying to win and you're down three two, uh, boom, you put you, you give more ice time to 97 and 29. And I get the enticement because they're two of the best two or three or four players in the world today. Of course you're going to go to those guys. What you need is, in my opinion, you need to be able to make yourself a promise in October that we're not doing that in the regular season anymore. Maybe in the playoffs if we have to, maybe we'll do it in the playoffs. But I need to trust my third and fourth line to give me a game or give me a goal or be a hero in October in December, in January. The heavy lifting can't be done all year by 29 and 97, or they're not able to do the heavy lifting in the playoffs. I think we're learning that. And I'll bet you Connor McDavid would tell you the exact same thing. I don't need to play 26 minutes all year long. Give me my 26 minutes in the playoffs when I got it, when we got to have a win and we need it. I can give it to you then. I, but don't tell me I got to do that for you in October, November, December, January. It's not going to work. Well, we had Jay Woodcroft on the show. Uh, he's, you know, he, and he talked about, you know, we got a the game in Chicago earlier. The Oilers played twice in Chicago, and it should have been a five-one game, and they ended up having to win the game six-five. Because, right. And those are the games. So, Mark, here's the thing. I, I actually don't think that. He, he, <laughs> Edmonton lost the series to Vegas in the margins. Vegas has a lot of best-of practices, okay? And there's been a degree of ruthlessness to how they've done business. And they've, you know, I think of Edmonton in the scenario involving, as an example, we still have people that bring up the trade for Griffin Reinhardt, where Edmonton gave up a 16 and 33 for Griffin Reinhardt. That's a bad trade. That trade did not work out. But when you win... Everything gets forgotten. So Vegas goes on this run this year. By the way, they were 10-3 and three after being tied 2-2 with the Oilers, right? They went 10-3 and three the rest of the way. Right. But nobody remembers that Kelly McCrimmon traded, or George McPhee at the time, traded a number one, a number two, and a number three to get Tatar. And then he turned around and traded Suzuki and Tatar to get Pacioretty. And then he gave Pacioretty away for free. 
because he traded for Stone, he signed Petrangelo, and then he wanted Eichel. You know what I mean? And that's what happens when you win. But the thing See, Every about, GM has a skeleton or two. Give me a GM, and I'll tell you a trade he messed up. That's just how it works. Well, I mean, if you'd ask Ken Holland 100 times over, he would love to do the Athanasiu trade back. I mean, you know, and that's and, – and don't forget, he brought two, two – uh, hockey operations people over from Detroit, one in pro and one in amateur. They knew the player. They knew Athanasiu. In fairness to them, the cap not going up played a factor, and that has oh, been huge. Right? Huge. But, huge. You know, Mark, like you're sitting here, the cap's gone from 81 to 83.5 under under Ken in the, in a, going into his fifth year. The Oilers over the last four seasons, eighth best record in the league. Uh, sixth in the league this year, second after January the 10th this year in the NHL. Is it too simple to say it's all about shaving the goals against? Well, it's not too simple to say because, you know, yeah, it is all about shaving the goals against. It it is all about wondering how in six games you had a one-goal lead or or better on the Vegas Golden Knights, and in four of those games they came back and beat you, right? How did they come back and beat you? By filling your net. That's how they came back. So, how you know, you can define it, keeping it out of your net, playing better defense, getting better goaltending. I don't care how you define it, Bob. I'm just telling you that when you get a one-goal lead in the playoff game, a, a Stanley Cup winner makes that one-goal lead last more often than not. And the Oilers did not make that one-goal lead last more often than not against Vegas. Six times they led, four times they lost. And that, in a nutshell, you find me the answer to that question, Bob? You solve that answer to that question? you got a Stanley Cup team here. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I remember back to when Edmonton lost. Uh, you and me are both from here, Spec. We're roughly of the same vintage. When the Oilers lost to Los Angeles Kings back in 1982. After they'd gone two rounds, right, to Montreal and Islanders in, in 81. Yeah. And you had some people, the Oilers had won the uh, Smythe Division that year in the regular season. They lose in five games. Grant Fury had a goals against average of five. I'm not comparing Stuart Skinner to Grant Fuhrer. Grant Fuhrer is a Hall of Fame netminder, but a Hall of Fame netminder's first experience in the playoff pipes was a brutal one. It did not go well for Grant. Okay, yeah. Stuart Skinner's first experience in the NHL playoffs did not go well. He had a sub-900 save percentage in back-to-back series. I don't care who the goalie is. Uh, if you're going sub-900, it's not just on the team defense. It's also on the goaltender's got to find a way to stop more pucks. And and I think, and I'm 100% confident that he's going to be way better for Like, here's the thing, Mark. I think this is just a byproduct of you have to get hits, uh, swings at the uh, at the plate, and you try, constantly put yourself in position. Um, they're, sure. they're right there. But what I don't want to see happen is status quo. I think there needs to be recognition that they have to grind a way to improve. Yeah, they, they, there's a twofold thing here. I mean, the cap, the guy signing, let's say a guy like Bukestad. I'd have Bukestad back every day. But at $2 bucks, if that's what he's going to get and if that's what he requires, he's not playing for the Edmonton Oilers. He's going somewhere else, and you're going to have to find a way to fill that hole. So that's where the GM has to make the right replacement. I'm not dying to replace Bukestad, but I can't pay him $2 million bucks if I'm getting all. That's just a fact. So there is that. And then the rest of it is the guys who return and the coaches who return. You know, maybe I know there's been a lot. Dave Staples been writing about the defensive system, the man system yeah. that they used in the order zone. Dave Mance has got to take a long look at that and decide, is that the right system for us? Is it not the right system for us? Woody's got to take a long look at what he does, and he will. 
And the players, you know, Darnell Nurse needs to take a long look at his game and say, how can it get better? I'm going to play against the best guys all the time. What can I do to stop those guys from scoring as much as they did on me in the playoffs this year? Everyone's got to get better, pal. I'll say, I'll say this about Darnell. Less is more. Okay? And, always has been. And always, always has been. And, Mark, here's the thing. So here's what happened. Edmonton was giving up a ton of goals early in the year. Okay, they were. I mean, the team was 17th overall. They were ninth in the final 21 games under when once they got Ekholm. Okay, they were 13th in the league at the time that they uh, from the time that they recalled Deherney. So in the back half of the season, they were 13th. They were ninth once Ekholm came aboard. They were gave, they gave up a lot of goals in the first half. One of the things that they did is they were giving up too many point shots that were getting through because they didn't have uh, the sort of forwards that were great at blocking shots. So they tried to take time and space away from those D by having the wingers play up. This was an in-season adjustment that took place. So they had the uh, the wingers play tighter on the D, and that created the three-on-three, okay? And basically, it became a three-on-three man instead of more of a zone. And it and some people would understand. Spec, you watched the Alberta Golden Bears play. They played modified zone forever, where you always have one defenseman in front of the net, and you switch off, and the defensemen do not rotate above the hash marks. Okay? And in the case of the Oilers, we saw Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci too many times against Vegas getting stretched and skating beyond the hash marks, and then they were dropping pucks back behind them, and the Oilers had no net front to support. That's an area that's going to have to... It's a simple uh, switch. We even asked Matthias Ekholm about this because Nashville played the exact... Vegas played it to a team. McDavid had the puck a lot because they just switched off who covered him. So, mm-hmm. right? Like, And obviously they tried to get Carlson out against him, but the reality is they didn't have their defense over pursue. And they always had a net front presence defensively. And they didn't. So I, I would foresee a scenario where you could see Darnell Nurse being, uh, he'll, he'll rove, for a lack of a better term, less. You won't see him all over the place in the Oilers' defensive zone. I think you'll see the Oilers maybe have a scenario where they don't have guys rotating beyond the hash marks in the D zone. What do you think? Well, this that's what I would define, Bob, as building my system that to best suit the players that I have. Right? Get the most. I, I think we all know, you know, we're all in agreement on Darnell Nurse's game. I think he should I think he should just use his his great skating ability, his size, his strength to be an awesome defender. Just be a defender, and that's what this team needs to, to take the next step. And I think, listen, the players are smart. A guy like Ekholm's smart. They all did exit interviews. Those guys all want to win. They're already, I'm sure that they're already telling the coach, look, maybe we can do this different. Or what if we tried this different? So, sure, Bob, like whatever it takes, whatever it takes to, to, to get the most out of the guys you have. Because Darnell is going to play for this team. He's an expensive player. He's going to be here a long time. So you better maximize them. Mark, look forward to reading your piece later today. When's it going to get out? Uh, well, if I get off the radio and finish it, it should be up in about an hour or so. <laughs> well, don't let the door... Anyway, hey, look, uh, thanks for joining us. 
All right, Bobby, take care. You bet. It is 12.53 in Edmonton. You can uh, text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll go there momentarily, but not before I tell you that the Oilers Now Injury Reports brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, and the University of Alberta Golden Bears. James H. Brown, it's just simple. I got 250 years of experience with the lawyers. They get you the best results. That's the way it is. This is orders now. Here are the save percentages for the teams that face the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs. In the opening round, Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goaltenders on the planet. 886 save percentage against Vegas. Stuart Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers, 875. Jake Ottinger, generally considered one of the best young goaltenders in the world, 877. And Sergei Bobrovsky, who uh, stole the, specifically the Maple Leafs and Carolina, 844. Vegas shot the lights out. They did. They went on a uh, serious PDO heater in terms of a combined shot percentage at 5-on-5 and save percentage. But they also earned it. And the orders are going to have to be better if they want to win. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 1256 in Edmonton. Uh, Coach Mike says, Bob, 97 aside, did the orders get everything they had from everybody in Vegas? Not even close, says Coach Mike. I don't know about that. I think the orders played hard. I just think they lost two games in which they outshot the opposition 75-53. Vegas had a better conversion rate. All playoffs against everybody they played. Jeff in Calgary says, Bob, the Oilers' playoff season ended with Dardell Nurse's immature suspension. That from Jeff in Calgary. I'm telling you right now, that play can't happen. And the, the funny thing is, Nurse got suspended last year. The league rescinded the two instigators during the regular season that occurred in the five final five minutes. They didn't on that one. I mean, we had some wild... Brennan... I had some wild conspiracy theorists coming my way last night talking about deals with MGM and puck tracking and all that kind of stuff. It was it was out there. Um, Bob, I'm in complete agreement with Mark Spector, but I would also like to add Darnell Nurse can't play 24 minutes per night. Doesn't have to. The Oilers have Ekholm. They have Nurse. They both can play 22 minutes. Okay? Because they've got Kulak as well. He's a good player. He can play 16, 17 minutes, no problem. I don't have to play Nurse 24 minutes a night anymore. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Yeah, it's just trying to work our way through some things here. Yeah, we don't have enough time to get to... I'm going to have to... Read some of them during the commercial break. Uh, we do have Brian Lawton coming up from Wild Factor Desserts at 105. And then you're going to want to hear a conversation with Dr. Mark Rosentraub, uh, who is sort of the, one of the definitive voices out there in terms of building arenas and public contributions. And he's not always been a supporter of these, historically speaking. But he says Edmonton's works. Uh, that's coming down the pipe at 135. Off to a global news weather traffic update today uh, with Randy Kilburn.